and welcome to another episode of Not This, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems through curiosity and love. I am Tina Marie Olson, and today I am in conversation with Shems Hartwell. Shems is someone who I organically found on social media and was drawn to because of his work in relationships and with men. I have personally followed quite a few female leaders in this movement towards embodiment, empowerment, and conscious living. And I feel like there aren't enough men's voices being heard and amplified in this field. So when I came across Shems's work, I knew that he was someone who I really wanted to have a conversation with and hopefully work with someday. So I hope you love it as much as I did. And I love you. Shems, thank you so much for saying yes to having a conversation with me today. I am grateful on every single level, but most of all, my heart is just in this giant burst of joy getting to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Mm, Well, thanks, Tina. I appreciate being invited. and It's great to connect with you here right now. And I love that we get to see each other. This is the beautiful thing about the video connection. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's there's amazing gifts that have come through uh, the creativity needed to navigate these times where we're physically more distant from people, but we can still be super heart connected. So uh, as we were talking about a bit before uh, I started recording, I, one of the reasons that I was so drawn to your work is I have a, and the podcast is called not this. (laughs) So I have a, not this sense of personal healing, growth, spirituality, it is surely not just for women. (laughs) And yet when you go into, and granted part of it is, you know, what particular circle maybe I had started in finding, you know, mentors or coaches or healers for myself. And so obviously I don't have exposure to everyone that's goes without saying, but I do think that the space of personal growth with a true depth in healing Mm-hmm. Um, does tend to be occupied by a lot of female voices. And so when I noticed your voice talking about the healed masculine, I was immediately drawn to this as such an important aspect of every single human being's growth process um, because there's male, masculine and feminine energy in all of us. And the way that we choose to use it and express it in the world is what defines whether or not we're being co-creative and regenerative and sustainable and loving or whether we're falling into wound-based or fear-based patterns. So would you talk a little bit about um, just what the work is that you do and what you're most drawn to um, with regard to healing? Yes, yes. Um, you know, I, my journey began that I got into the healing work as, as in, into Qigong and I became a licensed acupuncturist. And that was my first wave of kind of my stepping in the work and finding my own healing in that process of healing and growth and, and particularly energetics and empowerment as a man. And I was always into men's work for a lot of my life in the sense of doing men's retreats and the Mankind Project. But then I met Gay and Katie Hendricks and I got really passionate about relationship skills. And I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that our relational capacity, whether that's person to person, male to female, or with the wilds and nature and mama earth, is the most important like growth edge of humanity. Mm-hmm. And through doing relationship work and becoming so passionate about couples work and evolving our capacity to relate, I'd have these women go like, would you work with my partner? Like, on, I'd, have, I'd have women <laughs> pull me over like, could you work with my man and help him listen the way you listen or things like that? And I was like, no, I'm not doing men's work. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. I'm not that kind of guy. Like, I, mean, I love men and I love doing, being that, but I didn't feel that myself. So it happened organically that I, that I branched off from relational work into starting to hold men's circles and offering a men's course. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's turned into a hot wildfire. 
that's mm-hmm. grown a lot and expanded into courses, retreats, and then a lot year-long men's leadership council with men that are really stepping into their capacity to show up so fully mm. for themselves, for their relationships, for the world, for their work and their life. And it's been incredibly exciting. And it feels like it's just kind of happened. I don't feel like I created it. I feel like spirit just turned it on and started it happening. And I've been like saying yes and getting scared and saying yes and working with all that comes up in that process. One of my favorite, okay, so I have tears and chills. And one of my favorite aspects of that is the kind of resistance in the beginning, because that's always when we know we're about to hit something big. (laughs) (laughs) And also the and, the huge and I hear. You still do relational work. You do that with your wife. And I'm sure in many various capacities and our relationships with ourselves is, you know, that's that home space where any other relationship could be born. Yes. And absolutely 100%. And like you said at the beginning of this, you know, there's women have been leading the growth edge for humanity and men have been the conditioning of the masculine and all that that's been holding kind of the old guard in some ways, the unconscious patterns, the shutdown, the not feel, control, manipulation, all those patterns are stronger in the masculine in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And the feminine's about the effect of it, but there's this beautiful rising tide mm-hmm. of the feminine energy of life coming alive. And it's really exciting. And I think it's terrifying for many men in some ways mm-hmm. too, for it to happen. And so we do need a space sometimes to do our own internal work of making friends with our feelings and our inner feminine in a safe way that doesn't, as men, like, so we don't lose our backbone, our spine, our primal power, but we also learn how to be vulnerable, real and authentic so we can show up with that in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's my commitment to our work in a lot of ways of creating environments where men start to have the modeling and experience that's not threatening, mm-hmm. but is more exciting and inspiring mm-hmm. to come online with more of our full capacity. And then it's easier to show up in our relationships that way. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. And part of, part of the light that you bring, part of the integration that you bring is you're not repressing any aspect of the natural masculine. So one of the things that I saw in your on your website and your testimonials and your retreats is how you invite out the like primal masculine energy will you talk a little bit more about that yes that lights me up so much because i think the biggest problem on the planet above all else is that we are overly in our heads mm-hmm. we're thinking too much we've become rational mental we think we can understand our way through healing And there's tons of therapy and work where it's like, hey, if I just understand like why I feel this way, what happens with my family and my ancestry and like what you did, it's an illusion. It's totally a fantasy that we'll heal that way. It's valuable to have understanding, but we need to primarily transform and transmute the congested energy in us, the past trauma, the emotional stuckness, the kinks in our bodies. And especially as men, like men come alive when our blood is hot and moving through us and we're in our bodies, we're in our emotions, we're in our guts. And so we do a lot of work that's experiential that gets us back connected to what I consider our wholeness, our integrity, which Mm -hmm. is mind, heart, gut, genitals, all of us. And so I'm a huge fan of us not getting stuck talking in a circle. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because all we're doing is telling stories and the ego gets to feel super safe because we get to just repeat the stories that we know are safe or acceptable or the ones that we've tried on other people that they actually believe. <laughs> yeah. And then we don't actually have to face the stuff. Yes. But I think so much of it, at least for me along my journey, has been a lot of times facing in its purest form actually just means moving raw energetic potential. It doesn't mean you have to somehow, or you're going to discover something about yourself that's awful or, or that you have to admit to something, or you're going to finally find out that the shame was true. Those are all the lies of the ego as well. (laughs) So it's actually like extremely joyful and quite freeing to get the hell out of our heads. Yeah. In some ways, it's so brilliant how you said that, that there's no fulfillment in thinking. Mm-mm. Like it's not something that, that fulfills us. Maybe having positive thoughts and attention, but the fulfillment comes from the experience inside of our being. And when the mind is married to the heart and to mm-hmm. our ability to be, in, to be in felt awe 
about life, to be mm-hmm. angry, but to let anger move through us in a healthy way and then clear it, the aliveness that right now, currently the aliveness and grief mm-hmm. of like, there's a lot breaking down. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people suffering and it's really coming to light in good ways. And so yeah. our willingness to meet that and feel that and go through the first layers of resistance, yes. overwhelm, feelings we don't want to feel to what's on the other yeah. side of that is aliveness and energy mm-hmm. and connection. And, and so that what excites me is like that, that we, there's so many dead ends in the mind and thinking and, mm-hmm. and, and recycling of thoughts and stories and, and misbeliefs about reality that just get passed back and forth like ping pong. And yeah. I'm done with that. Oh, <laughs> amen. Amen. I just, um, Actually, the conversation that I had with um, someone by the name of Cassidy Kane on this podcast, we were just talking about that literal thing of anything anyone ever said negative about you had nothing to do with you. It came from some program somewhere. I've even, whew, I have been shocked at behaviors that come out of people from like towards their children, for example. And I'm like, I thought I knew that person. Mm. And what's really what I, and I did, I do know that person. It's just what came out was not them. It Mm. was some program from someone else. And I also love to talk about, and and it's, it can be a tricky one because I don't want to spiritually bypass this. And also if we get stuck blaming the, the, what we perceive to be the origin of the heavy energy that got put in our direction, then again, we get stuck in another narrative and another story pattern that we have to try to like swim our way out of, but it's like a riptide and it it doesn't get us anywhere. So when we can expand into like, that was just energy when we can totally neutralize and say, that was just energy that was passed in my direction. And Oh my God, I have the gift of being able to recognize and transmute it for myself and for anyone else who's open to receiving that transmutation right now. Holy shit. Talk about empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Like when we know that moving through the stuff that comes up or the energy, like you said, that comes at us and we're able to feel that, discern it, move through it, meet it inside of ourselves, breathe through it, cook it, and not just deflect it back or Mm -hmm. react back or defend ourselves, but Mm -hmm. to open and meet it and get curious and stay in our deeper body, emotional, conscious listening. It's incredible. It's a freedom, like you just said. It's it's a whole nother realm of possibility, a whole nother paradigm of living that's Mm. unkinked. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like we kink our hose and then totally. we, we're not feeling anger or we're not willing to feel fear and we're avoiding feeling or we're overthinking and disconnecting from our body mm-hmm. and we get kinked and then we don't feel enough joy, love, mm-hmm. gratitude, connection, sexual energy. And right. one, one of my mentors, Katie Hendricks, um, who I've spent three years working with and apprenticing with and really her wow. work really helped me grow and evolve. And a lot of what I do has a lot to do with the work I did with her. Yeah. It was almost like if we kink anything inside of us, any part, any feeling, anger, sadness, grief, joy, we kink them all. Yeah. On some level. And so a lot of our work is how do I unkink myself? And if you're reflecting and sharing with me in a way that like I don't resonate or hurts or whatever, am I willing to first work with that myself and then give you feedback of like what's there? And it's just a richer potential journey. Oh my God. And then the trust that can be built and the conscious like co-creative energies that can come from that as a level deeper of what was even possible because you've just unkinked something else. I was just having a conversation this morning with a dear friend and, and I was like, I don't know, but like the middle of my chest just went in and my energy started to drain. And both of us were able to get curious about that instead of me going back into my head. But I can tell you, I mean, that's how I lived most of my life was it was like this head was this giant savior for all of the feelings that were in my body. And Lord knows when that started. I mean, I don't think I, don't think I could tell you 
consciously, mm-hmm. intuitively, the number three is coming up. So maybe I was a three-year-old when I decided to stop feeling so many things. And mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a family, all four of us are highly sensitive, but didn't have like consciousness and the language around that. And so it's kind of entertaining looking back at it now. It kind of feels like a sitcom because it's like <laughs> each one of our sensitivities is different, you know? <laughs> so the lights are too bright for somebody. The noise is too loud for somebody else. The energy is too... <laughs> but then you can kind of laugh at oh my god we were all just navigating like having these nervous systems and this sensitivity that was just dialed full on and there was a ton of love but there was also a ton of like Mm. overwhelm Mm -hmm. yeah i i love how you describe the mind as a as a potential savior for all that's uncomfortable inside of us (laughs) and, and including the nervous system right which gets overwhelmed which is a form of trauma too mm-hmm. much, too intense, yeah. too long, and not knowing how to digest that meal or that energy that's going on in us. And mm-hmm. I think, and you know, it, we were born into these unconscious agreement fields that we have collectively, and they, they have a lot of history to them of like, don't speak up, don't be honest, be good, you know, and all these things. And so these agreement fields we kind of come into and we start learning right away what's accepted and what's not just by a look. Mm-hmm. by someone around us. And as a young being coming in, we were so responsive to how people are and interact with us that we get conditioned very quickly. Absolutely. And we can even be conditioned by the subtle energies that like maybe their own conditioning knew did not even give us the look, but we could sense the dissonance between what yes. was being said and what they were actually feeling. <laughs> And I think it's so fun now that I've freed myself up. I think it's so fun to be a canary in the coal mine Mm -hmm. because I'm like, we're here. I have these sensitivities for a reason, but I can also understand why I needed all this protection, especially in the form of mental protection before I knew how to use this as a superpower. Yeah. I'm so with you. I grew up with a lot of sensitivity and my parents fought so much when I was young. And then my Mm -hmm. mom left in the night and my dad, they're both born in Germany, but my dad lost his parents. He was one in the war in Germany. So he was, he is really traumatized. And, and I, even as a little one, like I felt so much of his feelings that he wouldn't feel. Mm -hmm. And most of us don't know how to digest that meal. And we Mm -hmm. become so sensitive what's going on for us, but then we start learning to build up layers of protection or Mm -hmm. ways of moving that energy that aren't always healthy for us too. Mm -hmm. How do you discern what emotional energy is yours and what somebody else's? I don't try to necessarily differentiate so much. I do my best to, like some people say you should put up a protective energy Mm. around you. And I like to think of like, yeah, we, it's healthy. We should all have a cell wall on some level, which you could call an auric field or what the, the, the Qigong world they call Wei Qi, like a protective energy system. Mm. I'm not someone that puts up more walls. I'm someone that comes, gets more grounded in myself Mm -hmm. and generates my own experience enough that I'm not at the effect of other people's emotional waves or thought mm-hmm. forms or stories. And I think that's part of our work. And we work with that as men is how do I get so grounded in my own self and my own heartbeat and the way that the blood moves through my body and that I'm in myself so that naturally my system has its own ability to stay more present with my own experience and not unconsciously absorb the experiences around me. And ultimately my hope is all of us become energy generators Mm-hmm. versus energy consumers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us go through the world, we don't realize we're still looking for authority outside of ourselves. We're still overly sensitive to everything and everyone's responses mm-hmm. when they don't really matter. Mm-hmm. And the part of initiation inside of us is that we become so at home in our own experience, so accepting of our own shadows and light, challenges, deficiencies, that we're okay with them. We're not, we're not needing the world to approve in us. Mm-hmm. And that changes the whole dynamic of what how we are at the, what, how we are influenced by what's around us. Mm, I love that. I see, as you describe that, I just see you standing grounded as a beacon of light out. And that if your light is strong enough out at all times, then like that is your force field. And you don't have to kind of like cower in under this wall of protection, right? Oh, there's so much power in that. So Backing up a little bit, I'm curious because we just kind of started diving into masculine energy. What are some of the words that you would use to define or to explain um, your perspective of what masculine energy even is? 
Well, that's a great question. Um, one thing that I use to differentiate masculine and feminine, which I don't like to do too much necessarily, because I think we have this yin yang more mm. interplay, but masculine has more qualities of direction and penetration. You know, an arrow is masculine, a lingam, our penis is masculine. Like it's, it, it erects, it goes somewhere, it's direct, it's penetrative. So masculine energy is penetrative. Whereas in my experience, feminine energy is a bit more expansive and receptive, you know, at, at the full extreme yin of like, like a bright flower, just full open petals, radiant, beautiful in this energy. And the masculine's more active to go towards that, to move into. And so when I think of like healthy masculine energy, it doesn't just penetrate with its you know, genitals. It penetrates with heart, with presence, mm. with energy, with willingness to have impact, willingness to be with what's there. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have this balance of both when they're needed. Mm -hmm. mm, that's beautiful. And I, and I also love the the kind of qualification on that of like, we don't need to overly discern. We can acknowledge that they're different, but they're so integrated mm -hmm. that like, there's no need for me to be like, okay, I'm putting on my masculine energy and I'm going to do some work now. <laughs> um, but it's this, it's this flow, it's this give and take, it's this walk, it's this, they're so a part of each other that you really can't define or understand one without the other and, and allowing it to be in this like sacred dance within us. Yeah. And a great example of it is our nervous system. Mm. You know, we all know there's that sympathetic fight, flight, survival, you know, make things happen energy that a lot of us get in. We get over, over sympathized, you know, and mm -hmm. always active, proactive, always responsive, parasympathetic, rest, digest, have sex, integrate, be nourished, savor life. And it's not like we're always in this switch. We're kind of both a little bit, but we can't, you know, and they're, they're, they're exchanging over in moments. It's not like such a, such a black or white type experience. Mm -hmm. It's an integrated experience and we can be overly active and sympathetic because we just had someone almost hit us in our car, right. but then not know how to respond to that and move that through us. So mm -hmm. we easily switch over. Mm -hmm. Animals are good examples. Whereas, you know, animal, let's just say a deer gets hit by a car and it has a mm -hmm. significant injury. It's, once it's safe and away from the environment, it will shake its trauma out mm -hmm. of its body for hours to days. Mm -hmm. until it recovers and clears out that chemical energy. Mm -hmm. And so I like to think of us as this dynamic experience. And some people just generally have more masculine energy, mm -hmm. like more productive, active, high intensity. Some people generally have more that calm. You could call it kapha energy in the Ayurvedic mm -hmm. world, where there's a slower moving deeper, more settled in ourselves. And I just love the practicality of it, mm -hmm. of our system is brilliant inside mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. Oh, mm. our system is brilliant. Whew. How much of many humans time is spent <clears throat> fighting the system mm -hmm. instead of understanding its perfection and then working with it? Mm -hmm. So what is a project that you're working on right now that you're most excited about? Currently, I have two significant men's journeys going on. One that's a men's leadership council for a year. So I'm working with these 14 men that are all taking leadership roles in their life. Some of them are police officers and different like roles. And they're all on some level on the front line in their life of, of growing that. So that's an ongoing thing. And those men are also helping me to lead the men's passage currently, which is a nine week online journey. We're at the end of that right now. And what's emerging right now is we're in this conversation of how do we create some form of membership with weekly or biweekly meetings that are for men and women to integrate together and to do, to share similar principles of the work and to have deeper conversations that are led by many different people, uh, you know, all different ethnicities, men and women leading these and creating some form of experiential zoom calls with group work like breakout groups and having these topics of experience so that our discussions are coming from deep embodied listening and we're exploring things in ourselves that come up around a topic and having these wonderful safe spaces to share and get real and re reflect with one another and so that's something that we're we're visioning and creating right now um, as a next level 
offering that we, we feel like the world is ripe for. Mm-hmm. It feels really, really rich. And you're right, ripe. And one of the things that, as you also mentioned, you know, diversity of gender, diversity of background, so many of the things that we forget, you know, it, when we're completely identified with unconscious and kind of conditioned behaviors, we forget that they're culturally unique, whatever these things are. And so I wouldn't be surprised if most cultures have their own version of a wounded masculine or a wounded feminine or all that, but it becomes so much easier to see clearly the misunderstanding or the misconceptions when someone else shares from their upbringing because all of a sudden you realize like oh well that's really easy for me to see that that's not aligned well because yeah because that wasn't the pool you grew up swimming in (laughs) but I love that because part of the to me part of the trick of working with our egos getting out of our heads getting back into our bodies is is the discovery of the story and recognizing it as such that it isn't true and right now it just feels culturally like in the u.s i want to be specific to me that there's so much coming up for people about boundaries and what is right and wrong and what is true and what is not true and we're kind of having this moment right where things whether it's because of coronavirus or whether it's because of racial racial tension and policing and the way our government system has been structured and all this, it's kind of like everything is up for us to be able to re-examine the narratives that we like wholesale bought into as a culture, even if individuals could see it clearly the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge, right? It's huge. It's it's what a lot of us have ultimately been praying for on some level is a true enlightenment, which is to shine light on all of these illusions and differences and distinctions that have divided us and and put into set into motion ways that we stay disconnected from everything and everyone. Yeah. You know, whether that's the animals that we, we eat, you know, as a species, as a race, whether that's how we harvest plants, whether that's how we harvest oil, whether that's how we relate with each other, whether it's our systems. And it's so mixture of terrifying and exciting to mm-hmm. to have this all come to the surface in the way but the potential and possibility is massive if we get out of polarity yeah and unfortunately right now the media and all that is amplifying polarity you know it's mm-hmm. a good sign of masculine feminine in some ways it's like people taking positions and roles and reactions mm-hmm. based on a little bit of information and being highly underinformed, mm-hmm. but being highly reactive at the same time mm-hmm. and if we can dissolve that and dismantle that in our own selves we start creating a safer space for everyone just that work alone if like if i don't get overly reactive to someone's social media comment and belief about reality if i'm able to like relax around it and maybe respond in a way that invites them to widen their perspective with love, with acceptance, with curiosity. Like you said, I feel like we're right at that forefront of a whole nother level of possibility. Yeah. And it just reminds me of all the times on my journey where I've been setting an intention or praying for something. And then all of a sudden it was like all the shit would hit the fan. But that's because it had to come up and out. It was being illuminated, right? And and that's my prayer is that we all accept the huge offering that comes with right now. Yes, there's a lot of things to feel grief and to feel terrified and to feel hopeless or helpless about. And we get to choose our focal point so we can see this as a grand awakening and Mm. the coronation and the entrance into the age of Aquarius and the new earth, or we can see this as Armageddon and we get to choose. With you hundred percent, beautifully said. Mm. And we get to choose inside of our own self moment to moment of right now, am I, you know, overwhelmed and watching more media and watching the news or am I stopping and digesting what I've taken in and what I've received? Am I breathing through it? Am I, grounding myself in my cooking, cooking the worries and stresses through me rather than feeding on more of it by staying overly engaged with information that I can't digest. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
It um, reminds me of just like overindulging in snack foods or something when you're hungry for a nourishing meal. And not, no amount of sweet and then salty and then sweet and then salty is ever going to do the yes. trick of like a big salad, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and that self-nourishment is what changes what you just said a little bit ago, how beautifully of like, where am I going to put my focal point of choice of attention? And whatever I shine the sunlight of my attention on is either going to grow or dissolve. Like, you know, sun's going to break things down. And so I'm going to shine my attention on media and all these things. It's going to grow. My reaction's going to grow. I'm going to feed the things. Or am I going to shine that sunlight on what's going on in me and, mm. and my ability to respond to what's going on and to create connection where I can and to participate where I can. Yeah. Such a powerful choice point moment. moment. But the most important one that I, that I work a lot with, with the people I'm working with is like right here and the relationships in my house, in my life right now. Am I showing up in a way that is enriching our experience together? Am I finding healthy ways to move through my anger, my fear, the frustration that moves through me, or even the collective, so that I can stay in a place of love and connection and support and allyship with my beloved and with who's around me and with my community and friends so that we're creating these resource pools of, of you know, regulated nervous systems Mm -hmm. that can actually respond and be in coherence with one another rather than in amplified reactivity and fear um, messaging back and forth. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's so powerful. It almost goes without saying, but so much so that I feel like we can't say it enough times that when we heal and we integrate within ourselves, and then we take that integration into each relationship that we have, if every single human being did that, we would be living the new earth right now. <laughs> yes. It's not something that's out there that we have to go find or do or whatever. It's at home. It's within us. And the, the possibility is literally at each and every single one of our empowered fingertips. We get to do this. And I think staying in our own lane as far as shining our light and doing the clearer that we can get on our purpose. And if you're not yet at a place to understand your purpose because you're still mired in old stories and trauma, like by all means, if you feel it's selfish, quote unquote, right now to go heal yourself because the world mm. needs you. No, the world needs you healed. The world needs mm. coherent, like you said, nervous systems interacting with other coherent nervous systems. The world needs us all in alignment, all shining our lights, because then we get to be a part of the giant puzzle that we get, mm. that came here to be a part of. I see, I see the grid, like if we were in an airplane flying over somewhere where nightfall had just hit and the streetlights start to pop on, like that's mm -hmm. what happens when each and every single one of us like steps into our light and our alignment. It's like that light just pops on and we can be this massive grid of light and we can choose that now. We don't have to wait. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And I'm so with you on this that, you know, we all have our individual work to do healing. And then I will also say that I, I also believe right now that we're on this wave that collective healing amplifies personal healing. Mm. And so there is a need for us to be mm -hmm. able to do our own self-resourcing and work with therapists and do our inner work. But there's only so far we can go on an individual level until it's valuable for us to participate in some form of collective group fields. Oh, yes. Because there's things about the shared experience of healing, evolution, resonance, all that, that take us to another level. And I keep learning that again and again and mm -hmm. again. And, and so, you know, people can do all this spiritual work and all this deep healing work, and then they can't be in a relationship. And I work with very, very well-developed teachers in the world who still are facing this edge in themselves because they've been doing so much work. They get in a relationship and all these deeper layers come up that you just can't work on on your own. Nope. Yep. That show I, up in, in the fire of relationship. I am completely with you. I have spent many years doing work on my own and um, I cherished every bit of that journey. And then I got to a place where I very clearly realized it was time to go find a group, go do something. I don't know if you've heard of Path of Love. It was originally from an Osho, uh, Osho's Great, yeah. teachings. Um, and I went and did just a weekend, just a, a short one, because intuitively I knew spirit has tended to take me into things to dabble. Like there's a few things that I've actually learned 
for my own, you know, to help others. But then on my own journey, it's like they've wanted to expose me to a bunch of different things. (laughs) And that experience of healing with a group of people, it was men and women, and we had a male and a female facilitator, and it was embodied, and so much emotion moved. And it was like, yeah. And then the other element I want to bring into that that's just fascinating, but I'm curious your thoughts on this one is I didn't grow up with any particular religion in our household. So as I started to become drawn to the energies of Mary Magdalene and Jesus, Mm. it just only makes intuitive sense to me that Mm. they were in divine union and had a, a very human relationship with one another because to me, it's like, there's, there's no way that Jesus could have been and did what he did outside of having the very real human Mm. experience of this like exponential expansion and growth and possibility that happens when you're in union with another human. And so it just feels like, well, of course that's what happened. (laughs) 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 And not that that matters specifically. I don't want to get into any sort of triggering religious debates for anybody, but (laughs) because it's the spirit of it is so much like we are all human and Mm -hmm. we have this strong instinct towards connection for a reason. Yeah, I agree. And you know, my, my sweetie teaches that work a lot and, and travels, as you know, and does that with women. And, and um, I just don't know. And I, I'm, I, I do my best to be in the realm of I don't know, because yeah. there's just so much of misinformation loaded with every religion in some ways. Yeah. And what I resonate with is, you know, a lot of ways what the Sufis, you know, say is all paths lead to God. Yes. And we just need to be able to discern the differences and distinctions that divide us and pull them mm. out and sort the pure from the impure. And the pure is, is devotion, love, bhakti, care, resonance, valuing relationships, doing our work, right? And the, mm. the impure is the like too strict judgments, judging other, other mm. religions, making them wrong. Ours is the best. Ours is the most evolved. If you don't do this one, you go to hell. Like things like that don't res- resonate with me at all. Mm-mm. I just feel like if you're going around telling people they're going to go to hell because they're not in your dance to me, I, I just find that my whole being says, nope. Mm-hmm. there's no way that we only have one religion and then we got all these people's many colors all over the world that have their deep connection and resonance with spirituality in the way they do. Mm-hmm. That's how my system is. And I, I, I believe that. too with you that, you know, it, part of how life happens is us coming together, male, female, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, and we also raise children in community, which we don't do so much in our culture. But those mm-hmm. things just feel so natural and real to me. And I would think of spirituality be the same thing, would be this balance of masculine and feminine impulses within that and the deep wisdom of both men and women and elders and youth and all that beautifully coming together to inform the group field. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I feel as soon as you say like male and female coming together, like part of the emergence of gender fluidity and understanding a deeper level of anyone can love is it's about again it's about the masculine and feminine energies it and not so much the container that it comes in right and so there's just this ongoing evolution to expand our hearts and our minds around these many 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 paths to love and yeah to your point i mean who knows what was true or not true and at the end of the day it's super easy to create new dogma um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and at the same time, it's like, whoo, I feel like, especially with everything that's going on in the, in the world right now, and specifically in the U S there can be such a drive to want to listen and turn over power to others. Mm. And especially when there's the energies of anger and the energies of repression and the energies that of people we have not been free we have not been living as we are free we have not been living as we are one we have not been living as we are all equal we have not been living as seeing that humanity is a greater larger concept that everybody gets to be included in and so i think it can be tempting for the mind 
to want to jump into a side and find themselves a, a place or a role in that polarity and in that debate, making sure that they feel like they're on the right side and the most comfortable side, when actually like the bravest, hardest thing to do, the most courageous thing feels to me like deeply listening within to find polarity within ourselves, to come back mm. home to unity within ourselves, and then bring that beacon out into the world in everything we do. Yes, I'm taking breath to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, the, the cycle of authority being outside of ourselves, so needing to jump into a polarity or a side and stand there for some form of temporary safety or security mm -hmm. is certainly happening a lot versus mm -hmm. being able to see the wider view. I have police officers I'm working with who are really, really good men mm -hmm. who, who are suffering because they see both sides. They see the need for greater equality. They see the need that there are all of these issues that are going on, but at the same time, they see that police are being completely blanketed in one category when most of the policemen they know, they love and respect and mm -hmm. see their, their willingness to serve and that they aren't blind to color. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're really willing to show up. And so they're sharing their inner turmoil around that of being, having coffee thrown at them or being spit at or things like that and being, having their wives' lives threatened, you know, and, and like the, the, the aggression coming out of this and the tendency to want to make everybody wrong. Mm -hmm. To blanket any group or any organization is such a, a tragic thing that is happening. Mm -hmm. And the more we can widen our perspective and see like within every corporation, even the ones that are the most negative, having the most, um, you know, to say brutal impact on the planet, there's a lot of good people in that organization, mm -hmm. you know, within every situation. And so how do we not do that, but be able to work with the organization, realizing that it has all colors in it in a certain sense or all frequencies. Mm -hmm. And, and, mm. that, and that this is a similar thing. And so I think you're right that, that being able to work with where am I polarizing in myself? Where am I assuming a certain position mm -hmm. and then defending it and reacting and fighting it rather than widening my view and trying to understand what's going on and accept and love and hear the need, hear mm. what's needed mm -hmm. and respond to the need, mm -hmm. which there's a very clear need right now that we need a more healthy police forces, right? We need them to operate differently and we need to really break down the systems that are preventing equal rights for all people that are mm -hmm. establishing white supremacy. We need to, we need to shift that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so how are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. How do we do that within ourselves? And, mm. it's, and I, there's no answer. And I'm not in that place of knowing I'm more in the place of how do I discover in myself, how to respond to this rather than react to it. And Oh, what I love about all that is as a guide, maybe you're never supposed to know. Maybe your job in this lifetime is to, is to open people up and let them discover mm. what their place is in all of this. Yeah, we all, exactly. We all have unique roles and things that, are, that move us to participate. Mm -hmm. And on all levels, some people are computer programmers. They're going to do it through managing right. AI in good ways and looking yeah. how to use that and to fart, fight, fight the dark forces in the dark web, which is real. You know, the dark web yeah. is loaded with really hellish things that are going on. And we need people who can get all the way in their head, brilliantly so, get in there and figure out systems to highlight what's going on in the shadow realms. Mm -hmm. And we need folks who can take leadership and stand and speak so powerfully and poignantly towards what's going on for every movement. And so I'm aware that we all have our role. And how do we know that? Like you said earlier, how do we know our purpose and what's happening? How do we know how to participate rather than be swept in the rapids mm -hmm. of reactivity and overwhelm and stories and worry and stress rather than knowing where we can take the reins somewhere and direct the wild horses of our being to participate? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. I'm curious if you're working with a client, and this might be too specific to be able to give a general answer, but if you're working with a client and they recognize polarity within them, what are some techniques, like embodied techniques that you might give somebody in case someone's listening and they're like, okay, I see right now that there is a lot of polarity within me. How do I allow that to become embodied energy that can then move as opposed to allowing the like ch chatter who's willing to take both uh, i often say all sides <laughs> you 
because yeah, it tends exactly. to not stick to one or the other. It's like, <laughs> I could have 14 opinions on this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's great. And good question. You know, I, I believe we all kind of have a village inside of us. You know, that means mm-hmm. we have like a younger self, you know, for me, I got a younger boy, a younger part that's grown up in the world. I've got an inner critic inside. I've got this village of beings inside. And the first realm of working with that is, is how do I get more familiar with what's actually happening inside of me around polarity? Mm-hmm. So if it was specifically around polarity and some reactivity, I'd say, well, where is that in you? Mm-hmm. Where do you notice that? Where do you, where do you feel that polarity also on a visceral level in your body? Is it in your gut? Do you notice a tension in your jaw? Do you notice that your mind is disconnected from your body and that your mind's going faster than the pace of mm. your being? Um, mm. how, how does it feel to be in you? And when you start you know, taking that position of polarity, what happens in your nervous system? What happens in your breath? Mm-hmm. So the first part is you know, loving and accepting and becoming more familiar with what's actually happening inside of us. Mm-hmm. Like befriending our experience. And I start with that always. And then the question is, well, what do I really want? So not like, am I on the right polarity or not? But when, I, when I'm actually starting to accept what's happening and becoming familiar and I'm watching my experience from what I would call the essential self, mm-hmm. you know, we have, remember I said, we have this village of voices, you know, and like you said, I've got all these different ones that have opinions about what's going on. And yet deeper inside of us in the integrated aspect of our, aspect of our being is a, is, a, is a pure intelligence that knows that we've come in with. And I like to call that essential self, which people will call the higher self. Mm-hmm witness consciousness, all kinds of things. People sometimes even call it their spirit guides, Mm. or or they're, you know, they're being spoken to. But I believe all of us have kind of a true north inside that when when we're when that voice is quietly informing us, it's not just a thought, it's a sense of knowing. Mm -hmm. Like, like, for instance, I know that it's not really healthy for me to drink too much alcohol. I know that like, I could go through experiences if I've had but like my body tells me my being tells me like, yeah, drinking kind of shuts me down and I get a little sleepy and not that I'm not into drinking a glass of wine here and there and things like that. I just mean like I'm informed by that. It also, mm-hmm. I know when I'm, when I'm holding back truth with my wife, mm. like, I know that I pay a bit of a price for that because something in me starts to have a disconnect and I go a little mm-hmm. bit out of integrity myself and I start to, you know, feel that on some subtle level. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say I feel really strongly about what's going on with our president right now. And I have a strong polarity that's against him. Let's just say mm-hmm. that. And, I, and if I recognize that, like when I really get down to that, there's anger that I feel inside my body that's not just about him. Mm-hmm. I feel rage about what's going on. It's not agreeing what's, what's happening. And so I need to feel that energy, that emotion, mm-hmm. and find a healthy way to move it. And then maybe I could respond to what's going mm-hmm. on through participating through a letter. So those are ways I guide, you know, people through that. And then I often work with couples in that. Where are you in polarity with your partner where mm. you're super position that almost requires them to be in the opposite? And can you take both positions in yourself? Mm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good because we do have a natural, both within our bodies. I, um, I had a counselor at one point in time who also practiced biomagnetism. Are you familiar with? I'm not, but not exactly like that. I guess it was created by a doctor in Mexico who was extremely frustrated by not being able to treat AIDS patients. And so what he discovered is magnetic polarities of relationships between different aspects of the body, different organs, different areas. And so if you then want to bring healing to, I can't think of an easy example at the moment, but um, what would happen is she would then place pairs of magnets on mm. certain parts of my body, uh, intuitively guided, you know, and it would be able to then rebalance out because what would happen that, that would sustain the imbalance is, and this is back to your point, one part would have, let's say, a virus in it. So it would be hanging on to this virus and it would be doing the best it could. And then the other part would be overcompensating, right? So it would stay... Mm-hmm because these two parts are related, it would stay in harmony mutually, but it was allowing the out of balance to stick around because the other part was overcompensating, right? And so by, by bringing both back into their natural balance, it actually then allows the virus to release or you know, whatever, whatever aspect that you know, maybe traditional Western medicine would think can't be resolved. So I love thinking about that on the micro cellular level all the way to 
the macro like cosmic level right and it's like where where are these energies existing that's holding something in so much tension or so much mm. power dynamic or whatever that everything else is overcompensating and it's like lovingly holding it but it's like i can't hold you here on the side of this bridge much longer my fingertips are <laughs> starting to yeah break one at a time right i'm gonna need you to put your feet on the ground the ground is only one inch away i'm gonna need you to put your feet back on the ground <laughs> there's just so much power even in the recognition of polarity beautiful and i Actually, as you were talking about the magnetic polarity work, I was thinking of you know my background in Chinese medicine and mm -hmm. acupuncture. Is it's very similar. The meridians work that way. Is that you get these okay. polarities where there's excess, too much energy in one place, mm -hmm. and deficiency, and then there's this mag polarity that actually creates imbalance in the body, and you're looking to smooth that and mm -hmm. and allow the currents and highways of energy and aliveness through our bodies to be smooth. And you know Qigong and Tai Chi really amplify this really well. Is that in all good, powerful practices, there's a balance between movement and stillness. Mm -hmm. And the more powerful the movement, like, like aggressive, like powerful movement of fighting and energy, the more still and calm we are inside while there's a physical mm -hmm. movement. The more still and calm, like in standing positions where we get totally still and calm, the more movement and activity we become aware of inside. So the body's still, but the blood's moving, the heart's moving, the energy's circulating. There's all this activity and that, that balance of, of extreme yin and yang that's always going on in us. And you take that into the wider perspective. Can I accept inside myself that I've got places in me that want to completely avoid what's going on and places in me that want to get into the fire and the heat and fight? You know? Yeah. And can I allow both of those and find what is the appropriate ground in this moment to respond mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and to allow both that I may have places in some like not to let the resistance have me check out and go smoke a bunch of pot and go watch movies all night and, mm -hmm. and avoid what's going on. You know, that, that part that most of us have on some level or the other part of me that just like wants to overly react and take action mm -hmm. and come from impulsiveness versus this dance of being able to hold both and find what's that sweet spot of engaging mm -hmm. appropriately moment to moment. Mm, I love that. And I feel like that's just such a, beautiful place to conclude this conversation for mm. today. I am sending love out to every single human being who is struggling with the many, many, many aspects of this really complex time that we're in and the knowing that we are headed to unity consciousness and each and every single one of us has a role to play to get there. Beautifully said. So thank you so much for playing your role and thank you for being part of, a part of this with me today. I've really loved talking to you. Thank you, Tina. Great to be here with you and appreciate you inviting me on to share mm. with you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>